Welcome to the 192 Podcast, where we talk all things audio from concept to completion. We'll be talking everything from inspiration to equipment and everything in between. I'm Jake Huber. I'm Billy C. And this is 192 Podcast. So just how does a major album come together and what are a few of the moving parts? In this section of the interview, Rob talks about how Switch went through many different stages and progressions to get their album where it is today. He also gives some ideas on where he goes to stay current in the music industry. He also talks about the journey he is on to understand why certain songs connect so deeply with their audience. You are not going to want to miss a minute of this one, folks. Let's dive in. So now in, in the recording process, do you guys do the tracking on your own and send it off? Did, did you, you know, I know, I know you're talking about going to LA and doing all this pitch and stuff, but when you have a collaborative of people, like what's your medium? How do you guys do that? Do you track on your own and then compile and send? Do you go to the same place? What's that flow look like for you? Yeah, it kind of, it kind of depends. Um, there, there's no limit on, on what that looks like. There, there were a couple songs, uh, Obsession on the record, I, I demoed out myself and we wrote here in, in Oklahoma mm-hmm. and it was really, really cheap. I'm, I've just started dipping my toe in production mm-hmm. for the past couple of years and I'm no way an expert on, on that, but just, mm-hmm. just to at least get my ideas, some, some things that I hear, uh, in, in a place where I can play that back and experiment. Um, sure. That's why I've started doing that. But so there, there was that we, I had that idea. We took that to the producers. They made it way better than I could have done on my, by myself. Sure. And then there were some where they just straight up did. So wild was, it was all then. Mm-hmm. And it was just, just like I was kind of talking about with symphony. We're just, we're just kind of talking and vibing and they, and they just put it together, man. And those, those vocals are demo vocals. <laughs> they just did all of it. Like it was that day when we were done is what you hear on the record. Like it was just quick. It was, wow. and it's one of my favorite songs yeah. on the, on the record. I was going to say, that's yeah. one of the ones I, that stuck out to me. I, I enjoyed it. That's good. I got to ask too. So you said you demoed out there in Oklahoma city. Did you go somewhere or did you track it yourself and then just kind of get the tracked it, tracked it myself, man, tracked it myself there. What'd you, what, what do I use pro tools or yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> back then, this is a couple years ago now, back then I used logic and I've switched to pro tools only because everyone around me uses it. Okay. Uh, we, the studio we have at the church has it, our producers yep. use pro tools. Yep. Um, all of them use Pro Tools, so I'm just like, man, let me just yeah. let me just join the bandwagon. Even yep. though I prefer yep. Logic myself, yep, it's way easier for me to to figure out. But um, I'm I'm learning. It's it's great to learn something new. Uh, you know, as we were talking before, I am certified in Pro Tools. I can run Pro Tools. I can use Pro Tools. Come on, I use Studio One. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> like wow. it's it's you know, I, yeah, I I I can use it. I enjoy it, but at the same time. Uh, for what I do, I, I have to, for my workflow, I'll put it that way. Cause I do a lot of sync music. Um, I've got to have quick yeah. workflow and pro tools yeah. for me yeah. just didn't have it. It is, it is more of a production uh, producers thing. So very true. Uh, going into, going into another gear question. Um, yeah. if we were to ask you what platform could you, uh, geek out the most on in terms of music here, where would it be? Wow. That's a great question. I, I love <laughs> I love the sounds. So your DAW is, or your digital uh, workspace, like is, Mm -hmm. is a whole nother thing. 
and it's a lot technical and there's a part of that that does fill me up to kind of problem solve but for me i love sounds and if i'm i'm going to shout out uh I think Spectrosonics, the guys who put Omnisphere and Keyscape together. Oh yeah! I I, had, I just got Keyscape for myself. Oh yes, good and good program. It is. I first of all, I don't know how you are able to capture the tactile side of an <laughs> instrument the way that they do, and what that does mm-hmm. to the creative process. And now I have mm-hmm. I have all these instruments, these vintage instruments and keyboards, and all of my disposal mm-hmm. intact, mm-hmm. tact like tactily. Like I don't even know if that's the right word, but just like I and I, I'm personally I feed off of that. I love like sensory touch things, and so to be able to feel that and hear that response, it's yeah. like it's just so organic, and so I love that. And my next thing is Omnisphere for myself. Like we use it on all of our stuff, but those are all in the hands of our producers and, and the studio has a line since I don't have one myself. And so I'm I'm trying to to put some money aside to, to make that happen for me so I can I can go yeah. home and, and play around. I love nerding out on that stuff. Splice, all kinds of stuff there, different sounds and samples. I follow a lot of a lot of stuff because I've been getting into production myself for me. And right. uh mm-hmm. watching a lot of YouTube things and it's it's funny you ask about like which which one do you use and what you prefer? Like I'm, I'm watching people use all kinds of things to create. Yeah, he stole my question, uh, by the way. That was my question. Just, <laughs> just throwing that out there. Okay. <laughs> I just did I that. Didn't, <laughs> didn't, didn't mean to, didn't mean to do that, but like, uh, no, no, it's, no, no, it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> I, I do that to him sometimes. I throw him through the loop sometimes. Uh, it, it, that just means we're all in sync, right? We're all thinking the same thing. Oh yeah. <laughs> Another one, and, and you may not want to hear this, so you, you you know, like when you listen to this, just fast forward, you probably want to look at output audio. Wow, okay. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, dude, I, I fell into that one. Um, the, the futuristic, and, and not, not like, yeah. not like, um, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it is, it is now and future of the sound of what's yes. going on. And, and that. Oh, you're talking about, you're. Like arcade. Well, yeah, that's one of them. Um, arcade. Yes. Um, Rev. Uh, I have um, the um, what's the mm-hmm. vocal exhale. Oh yes. Um, no. I, it, it, any yeah. of them, man. Any of them. They're just they're ridiculously good. Yeah, I got arcade. Arcade is freaking incredible. The things like yep. the things that would probably take hours upon hours to create organically mm-hmm. are just there, and they inspire something new. That's so in the yes. same way. In the same way, like all those tactiles on Keyscape can kind of spawn mm-hmm. a new thing. Arcade has hundreds of samples. They and you can even manipulate right. the sample there. Like it's it's insane, like what that yes. breeds and all all to kind of create this this clarity of, of this yeah. idea that you have, right? So yeah. amazing. Um, so what are some places uh, you go to to put your fingers on the pulse of the music industry to keep to help keep you current to this day? YouTube is the place. <laughs> yeah. There, there's a couple of people, I, couple of people I follow there. I love listening to song stories. Um, uh, Vice has a couple of them. Their their YouTube channel. Um, where else? Oh, I've seen like oh, um, mm-hmm. Genius. Genius has a couple of just like okay, how did how did the production of Ariana Grande's Thank mm-hmm. You Next happen? And just hearing mm-hmm. some of those stories. Um, 
and how all those things come together and and just listening to music too being an avid music listener and trying but trying to listen intentionally for certain things and not just to consume and that's that's what i'm i'm stepping into right now like when i when i put a song on in my car i'm listening to i'm like okay so where is the bass sitting in the mix how and what what is the bass functioning as right now uh bruno bruno mars like takes this james brown approach with his music not just stylistically (laughs) and and sonically not just in the sonics but in the philosophy so uh there's this it's what uh this uh it was a biopic of james brown that came out a while ago chadwick boseman was was in it and plays james brown and uh, i love this scene in there he's talking about he's talking with the trumpet players and he's like he asked them what do you play and he's like, well, I play sax. What do you play? I play a trumpet. He said, wrong. You play the drums. And just thinking everything through this this drum uh, filter, everything, like all the hits, like that's what that comes from. Like you're functioning, everything's functioning as a, as a percussive yeah. instrument. What a dope way oh, to yeah. think about music and what that does. So like just just challenging myself, okay, like how – how are the vocals sitting? How how are the keys? Are there guitars? What are the guitars doing? What's the so I I am fascinated with minimalist production. Phineas does this well. Uh, Justin Bieber's "Lonely," which Phineas produced, right? How do you make a song sound so full and right with just a couple of things, three, four things yep. sitting in the mix? Uh. How does that happen? You know, so that's what I'm I'm challenging myself in my daily listen, right? So these are all songs that are I'm putting in my playlist, but I'm trying to trying to look at them in a different way. Um, but uh, yeah, hopefully that answers that question. Oh, it does. Yeah, you you totally <laughs> crossed the line from musician to producer right there. Yeah. That was <laughs> I tell people when I'm producing, it's like, okay, when you when you hear it, you've got to peel back the layers. You've got to you got to yeah. okay, what is what is gonna carry this song? Um, what is it, a thousand miles? I can't remember the girl's name, but that 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 Come keyboard. Come on, Vanessa Carlton. Yeah, and and that that key section is what carried that song, and mm-hmm. so it was so simplistic, but built around that. And you hear that, you hear that riff, and you're like, I know that song. I've heard that song. Yeah, um, it's amazing. But yes, but I think that's that's the thing that we need to start thinking differently if we don't already think that already. Because I remember in the early two thousands, mid two thousands, in middle school listening to music and my friends who were all into rock music were like, cause I loved pop. I was like a closet pop listener cause all of my friends <laughs> loved rock. And uh, because they were like, oh, that's not real music. Cause autotune was the big thing. Remember the whole oh, like yeah. Britney Spears lip sync happened yeah, during yeah. that time. Like, oh, there aren't real, this isn't real music, right. you know? But now that, now I think the producer has taken a front row seat and I hope, I hope they feel that. I hope producers do feel that, mm-hmm. that like they, they are the musician. There's so much musicianship and composition that goes on and, and story and authenticity and musicality and creativity that is in that role that never got the credit it deserved in, in the early 2000s that I think is kind of being seen right now right. Um, in our music. It's, it is the thing. You, like Producers are the drivers. You know, it's, they are musicians. Yeah. They are. So that goes into kind of almost this next question. Uh, what What are some goals you still ha- have as a musician? Mm, that's so good, man. I, my so we're we're getting ready to to write another project here in the, in the next couple of months and, and get back into it. And so, um, my my goals 
are always to 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 be more honest with myself to to not it's actually more it's it's more of like maintaining than it is kind of reaching so I want to maintain the same fire I had on the first project. I want to maintain the same level of authenticity that I had, that we had on the first project. Um, I want to, I do want to get more clearer in my writing. So all the all the the clarity is my wife. She was a half of an English major in college, so she had like interdisciplinary. Mm, yeah. She did music and English, and so she brought a lot of like that grammar <laughs> that was lacking that was lacking in our writing at the, before mm -hmm. she came. And uh, so I want to, I want to be more clear and, and know how to say things. Uh, I want to be a better storyteller. Yeah. Articulate. Uh, clarity. Articulate. Yep. Yes. I, I want to be a better storyteller. And, um, and along with that clarity, but like make you, make you think of things in a different way and, and then how to, how to match that musically, you know, I think so a lot of like, like I said, a lot of the, the process has been collaborative and that will absolutely continue mm -hmm. for me as an individual, as an individual musician, I want to understand all of those facets. I want to understand this is why I've been diving into that production, even though I haven't, and I don't really need to right. do that to produce what we need to produce. But, um, right. I want to understand it for me. I want to understand sure. why, why things are the way that they are. Why, why do people connect with certain, sonics with certain lyrical ideas uh, and they're they're all questions yeah. we're trying to answer right now so we're still even though this is more than a student ministry now we're still thinking that way for this next mm -hmm. project and so B billy is a great billy eilish is a great like um project that we're i'm trying to dissect as to why why is she the sensation that she is? What is she reaching and what is she connecting in with people that makes it so broadly appealing? Yes, it says diverse, buddy. <laughs> but I think, yeah. I think in, in where I'm at, and I could be wrong, but this is just where I'm at in the process, right? I think as human beings, there are a few core needs that we all have, regardless of experience, mm -hmm regardless of demographic, mm -hmm. race, geographical location, we all have these core needs. We want to be valued. We want to know that we matter. We want to know that um, we need to be loved and um, we, need to, we need to worship something. And I, I wanted to find a different word, but for lack of a better term, worship is the, is the word I'm going to use. Yeah, no, yeah. Because re regardless of religious affiliation, we all worship something. Right. We all are giving our attention and seeking something from something, right? Yeah. And um, to fill all of those needs in us. And I think this is just where I'm at. There's a lot more questions I need to answer. But I think um, she resonates with, the, with the, the need in all of us of do I really matter? Does my existence matter? Am I enough? Mm-hmm. If you listen to her songs, she's she's really crying out from that space, mm -hmm. you know, and and fighting, fighting this these beliefs that she has and these struggles that she has. Like bad guy, you, you can choose to think that that's a, like a super satanic song, but like right. the, I see I see it as a war in the mind. Perception can can drive my personality, and maybe I believe that. Yep. 
Maybe I am the bad guy. Maybe I am the worst of me. Mm-hmm. How many times have we all been there? That like, and and we've <laughs> right. had we've had the worst the worst things about us, or our deepest fears confirmed in a situation or in a person, mm-hmm. and we allow a piece of ourselves to succumb to that lie. Yeah, you know. And so now I'm trying to think in in my in the next projects that we're getting to work on. Okay, how can we get to that level and talk to that thing, but provide the truth to that. And it all goes back to uh, that hook, you know, Jake and I were just talking in a few previous episodes back about that inspiration that, you know, that hook that drives you into that song. What is that meaning behind that song? Yeah. Yeah. And us both working at a radio station ourselves is that, you know, we all, we're always looking at these ones, these songs and we're like, this, this song needs a hook. This needs to catch somebody in. I, we took out a song the other week ago we were like, no, this song's just not cutting it. It's not grabbing us into what you really need to, you know, and it goes Mm -hmm. back to, you know, sometimes people need that certain song during that certain time. You know, we're going through, yeah. you know, going back to we're just going through this this um, pandemic in the world right now. And it's just sometimes some people need that song to grab you into that. And that goes back to you saying what you were saying is that Billie Eilish, maybe she wasn't really she was trying to bring out the meaning in that song. Meanwhile, she is mm-hmm. talking about bad guy, but it's really, mm-hmm. you know, it's bringing out that that core inside of her. You know, and, you know, Mm -hmm. that's going back to, you know, your song, you know, Symphony, you know, it's Mm -hmm. like through all this madness, through the chaos, through the peace, no matter Mm -hmm. what we've got, you know, we've got God, we've got Jesus, we've got him with us. But I I, I chuckle too, because like, I'm just thinking of like the absolute cluster mess that 2020 was for everybody yeah and in Mm -hmm. 18 you guys were like all right you know and again it's not you like it's 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 somebody bigger but he knew it was coming (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, Yeah. that is that is huge so in terms of practical measure i'm stealing yours now oh boy Um, (laughs) of course you did that in terms of practical measure um so you know you're talking about billy uh, you know eilish you're talking about different people what what would you say to somebody who's trying to find their music like their voice in the music industry um you know what what would you as you know okay imagine you're talking to like one of your youth members or something like that what would you where would you start with them um to help coach them into um you know, what, not that everybody has to go to the same place, but yeah. how to help them better fit in the music industry. Uh, that's a great, that, that is the question, right? That, that is the, that's what separates a good artist from a great artist is, is someone who understands that about themselves mm-hmm. and who's at least vulnerable enough to say, I'm, I'm in process right, and is willing to share that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I, what I would say is um, chase the the things that give you life that brings something out of you that like if I were which I'm not and there's no plan so don't don't read into this <laughs> if, right. if 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 I were to put out a solo record for me mm-hmm. right now I would and if I had all the all the resources to do this right I would go back to my home state I would grab a couple of people that I love that I know have great musical sense. And we would go out there for a couple of weeks and we would write. And the reason why I would go back to my home state, I want to I want to bring people on the journey, especially as a new artist. Like, tell me who you are. Like, it, it is like an introduction. Mm-hmm. You are introducing yourself and your story and your message to the world. Right. right. Um, so it I, right. So it's like, let, let me show people. Let me show people where I came from and 
uh, and the flavors and the sounds that I grew up listening to that have shaped me into now. Sure. Uh, so I'm going to pull from some of those musical influences. I'm going to pull from Brian McKnight. He's uh, like, man, honestly, like going old 2000s. school on that one. But man, I loved him. <laughs> Dude, he from like he was the one. He was the one that kind of sparked this R&B influence in me. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it that that just is the step. So I'm like, I'd love to create like an early 2000s R&B retro album. Yeah. And that kind of sounds that way, mm-hmm. uh, but then like in like infuse some of some of where I am right now. Like I love what Bruno's doing. I love the I love the just the neo soul yes. thing. Um, yes, but I love pop sounds too. So give me the eight oh eights. Give me all of that. Mm-hmm. And so you see how you start you start along this process of like what what do I love and what do I want to hear? What's the song I want to hear? And you see how all of a sudden you're putting these ingredients together that will sound way different mm-hmm. and will sound completely fresh Musical because gumbo. even though we are, we're human beings. And like I said, we have those needs, right? Everybody's got the same, the same needs. Mm-hmm. We are all on a unique journey. Mm-hmm. And if you collect the ingredients of your journey, it is going to be original. So you don't have to spend so much time trying to figure out, because if, I, if I'm honest, like if I'm, I was in college thinking through the exact same thing. I can bring myself back right now. And that was the thought that was in front of my head was how do I sound different? Yeah. That was the question I was trying to answer as a new artist. And when I was finding myself as a human being, how do I sound different? That's the wrong question. Just show people who you are. You are is enough. Even right now you are is enough. And if it's true and honest, people are going to connect with it. No, I love that because it, it reaches, I think a lot of times like, uh, and, and it, it's a big flash in the pan. Everybody, everybody goes for like uh, the voice or, um, mm-hmm. you know, American Idol, that kind of thing. And how many times, like the guy that I follow was Chris Daughtry. Like yeah. I, I'm, I, he, he was the one, like he broke the mold. He was 26. He was too old to sign, yeah. but he was right on that cusp and he was just straight raw with vocals yeah. and, and I remember they did this video cut of him in the studio and they were teaching him vocals and they were talking about the emotion yeah. and just connecting that part of the music with the emotion. Again, mm-hmm. Billy Ellish, um, another another one that, that I didn't necessarily like the road that they went down. But, sure. Um, Nickelback uh, was another one that I, <laughs> I, I followed. Yeah. I'm just be, being honest. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah but, yeah. but you know, when you when you look at his philosophy on writing, and you have to look at Guitar World and all that stuff. When you look at his philosophy, he talks about a lot of the same things, even though um, it may not have been on a, uh, um, um, a holy nature. Um, yeah, because <laughs> because I mean you know, but but they they had a presence, they had a staying power, and. So, but again, they were true to themselves. Exactly. Um, so, and that's yeah. that's the other philosophical thing that we haven't touched on yet. It is courage. Mm, yes. Courage to be who you are, to know that what you have right now is enough to do what needs to be done, and it also like it right. doesn't. It, if if you're creating for you, like right, mm. I create for for an entity. It's not just me, right? We're coming together, so there's all kinds of collaboration and. And, and sacrifice that goes into our process here for switch mm-hmm. but if you're writing for you it, it's it's on it's on you to tell your story mm-hmm. it nobody else can do that for you and I also remember like in in the early 
my early times in college when I was finding myself like thinking that bringing enough people in who were quote unquote better than me, uh, it, whether it be musically or production wise was enough. It wasn't, they could never, they could never tell the story that I wanted to tell. Right. They can't do that. You have to own that, but you have to believe that it's enough. And if, and if you know Jesus and if you love Jesus, you could put a lot of that courage and trust in him that he's, he's brought you on a specific path for a specific purpose and that it matters and that your life matters and your journey and what you have learned throughout your time matters and people need to hear it. Is there anything in here that we have not covered that you think would be good for, you know, other musicians or aspiring musicians or anything that, that, you know, maybe we could have touched on that you think, yeah, you know, that, that would be a good thing to cover. Yeah, sure. Just one final thought. I think if for, and I'm going to speak to them, if for whoever's listening right now, if you are leaving this podcast feeling like, well, I wish there was a checklist. There, there aren't enough tangibles, things that I can go and do right now. Um, that's done on purpose because only you can write that checklist. Like I said, only you can write your story. Only you can, can tell and say what needs to be said from your vantage point and your perspective. The best things anybody else, any resource, any podcast or any article can do for you is give you the philosophical tools and the mindset to go forward. And that's that was re- that's really my thing, um, you guys. Like, it's and and there's a there's a part of me that wish I can give you the exact roadmap, like I really do, but um, it, it's it's not that thing. And I think God even does that with our relationship with Him. Yeah. There, there's there's an element of discovery that we need to have in order to genuinely encounter him for real and that our love for him is genuine um, because if, if it was just laid out before us and, and we followed those steps that were laid out before us, is it really real? Right. Is it really real? Yeah. Is my relationship with him actually love? Is it – It's the answer – I can tell you right now the answer is no. Right. And I, I've seen that happen in my own life, you know. My parents can tell me how to live my life, but until I choose to do it of my own volition or I make the mistake and realize, oh, shoot, I need to do this. Now that it becomes my life now. Those lessons take root in my heart and become real. You know, it's the same thing with Jesus and it's the same thing with with music, man. This journey that if you if you feel called, you feel a burden and an urgency to go on this path, it, there isn't there isn't a roadmap. It's up yeah. to you to find it. And it's scary, yes. There are people that are willing to come alongside you and you should find the people in the community that's gonna be a great incubator for that for that calling. Um, that's a whole nother topic, but like- yeah, I was gonna say, that's, that's solid right there. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a whole nother thing. Like the people around you is a big deal. Uh, it, it it will determine the future for you. Uh, but it really is, it's up to you and God to figure out what that roadmap looks like. And like I said, if you know him, if you truly know him and what he's capable of doing, shoot, man, just trust in him. And he's going to, he's going to, he's going to provide a route for you. That's so much better than on your own. And just a quick thing. I know we're like ending up on the hour just to kind of talk to that point, to talk to that point. Like my, coming out of college, my thought was like, okay, let me find a church job in a city that has a great songwriting network, because that's what I want to do. That was like, I wanted to make that move in my life. This is what I want to songwrite. 
And, but I don't want to be broke doing it. I'm tired of being a broke college kid. (laughs) And, and so I applied to churches in LA and Nashville. Okay. And we have Life Church has a campus in Hendersonville, which is 20 minutes outside of Nashville. So that's, uh, they had a position open at the time. That's how I ended up at Life Church. Okay. Was through that Mm -hmm. campus opening. And, um, when I got to the interview, they kind of told me very quickly, like, Hey, Hendersonville is kind of off the table. Are you still down to at least go through the process? And I just said, yeah, sure. With no expectation. I had no idea. Um, But long story short, they give me an offer to be on staff here in Oklahoma City. And at that time, there was no promise of songwriting. There was no songwriting department at the church. None. Mm -hmm. And I said, yes, I felt like God was calling me. And I had no idea why, but I felt it. And I said yes with all kinds of insecurity in myself, mind you. This was it was not one of those like, oh, I just felt a piece about it. Nope. It was hella scary. Like straight. <laughs> I was I was going to a place that I had no idea and I was giving up the thing that I felt like God had called me to do. I was putting songwriting on the altar. And I said, mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to step into this thing. You called me to the local church. Here I am. We're gonna put songwriting to the side. And now Three years later after that, it's been six years, but three years later after I said yes, I'm writing with professionals in Los Angeles Mm -hmm. and Nashville. Obedience, right? Remember what we talked about at the beginning? Obedience first. He will honor it always. If you're following Jesus, man, I'm telling you. And the route, now that I have this lens of the local church in Sovereign, Mm -hmm. it's so much better. I'm so glad that I took this route before going to that place. And now it's like it's. I'm even more humbled now. Because I gave that up. I said, God, take it. I'm going to do this thing that you called me to do. And he rewarded that obedience and said, hey, I got something way better for you. I'm still going to honor this thing. It, I'm telling, like, there's so much more humility in my life. This is why I can come up here and say, yo, this was not me. <laughs> and thank, and <laughs> right, thank right. God. And thank God it wasn't yeah. me. Thank God right, it wasn't right. me. It was such a pleasure to interview Rob from Switch. There was so much that was covered. Yeah, we really hoped that you got some good info about how to get your music out there and spark some ideas to help you move forward in your musical journey. We hope you all enjoyed this interview with Rob Estevez from Switch, and we hope to hear from you soon. Follow us, like us, make sure you keep us up to date, and we will continue to bring you high-quality information just like a 192 kilohertz recording. Until next time, this is the 192 Podcast. 